This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with my man, my guy, Al Borges, breaking it down. And he, he wanted me to say, I'm not supposed to tell him what you want me to say. He wants me to say, you know, you you watch on Mondays uh, for for entertainment. You watch on Tuesdays for for education, for the correction, for the key. Is that did I say it right, Al? Did I do you justice? You did, Sam. That that was very well put. There's some th- certain things that need to be placed in order. I don't think there's any question about that. So this is the day that we do that, Sam. <laughs> well, folks, uh, you know how we do this on the on the Monday breakdown with Devin, we focus mostly on the quarterback, right? Uh, with with Al on Tuesdays, we focus on the entire offense. Just so happens this week, though, Al, an inordinate amount of conversation about the quarterback because we saw some things from him that, you know, are atypical, are not, are not normal. They're atypical for what we have seen from J.J. McCarthy in his Michigan career. He's been largely unflappable. Coach Al Borges. And by the way, I forgot, you know, you got to give you a resume. Oh, here we go. At Michigan, offensive coordinator at Auburn during uh-huh. the undefeated season, offensive coordinator at UCLA, offensive coordinator at Oregon, Boise State. Did I miss any? Cal. I mean, I could go down the line. He, yeah, you're not even OC close. Coach. You're about halfway through right now. So this would probably be a pretty good time to stop. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> the, the point is, you know, offensive football you know football but you know offensive football and you know quarterbacks because you know there's there's the x's and o's to coaching al i've learned from spending so much time with you and then there's a psychology of coaching and the psychology of the quarterback is the most unique of all yeah yeah it can be fragile it can be really fragile because uh now you've played two weeks of shangri-la i mean everything was man unbelievable now you have having trouble finding flaws you know when i graded him i gave him an a minus the first week and i was probably just trying to find something wrong second week i didn't see much of anything but this week the nature of the position things are going to come up sometimes some unfortunate things you know first interception was unfortunate we're going to detail that you probably already talked about it some but uh it can lead to other stuff. You know, it kind of gets in your head a little bit. And before you know it, another one comes up. And then, oh, man, I got two interceptions. I haven't had two interceptions in a while. And then um, you start feeling as though you got to make a play that doesn't necessarily need to be made. But you do it anyway because you're not winning by as much as you're supposed to be winning. And I'm not playing as well as I've been playing, nor are the expectations or, or the expectations of my players such that um, – I feel obligated. And, you know, I start doing some stuff that are atypical. They're not, you know, but that's how you learn at the position. I mean, guys got to do it. They got to, you got to experience it. Remember I told you, Sam, years ago, so much, so many things are game specific. You can't get them in practice. You think you can, but the pressure of practice is nowhere near the pressure of a hundred thousand something odd fans and television and all that. That's a whole different deal. So there was a learning process that went on, but you're looking at a kid that takes this very seriously. Uh, I'm not saying he won't make more mistakes. He will. But I think some of the errors that you saw will go away because it's important to him. Yeah. You also, it's a reminder of the nature of, of any team sport uh, that has a long season. And especially when you're dealing with college kids, you got college young men, I should say. Hard to get up for every game, Al. I'm not offering that as an excuse, but, uh, you know, putting it in some – giving it some context, some context to the performance and perspective. I mean, you look at Texas. It was 10-10. So they, they just come out beating Alabama, right? It's 10-10 in the fourth quarter against Wyoming. No yeah, they got a natural hang over there, don't you? Right, you yeah. Natural. I mean, yeah. Florida State, they beat LSU, and they're in a nail-biter with Boston College. 
you know, Georgia defending national champs, they take on a South Carolina team that got bum rushed by North Carolina. North Carolina sacked them nine times. Al and they, they, they had, were in a fight. Yeah. yeah they, they were in a fight with with yeah. uh with with Georgia. I mean, you go down the line, there were so many games like the one we saw Michigan play. Again, not making any excuse, but it, it's it's that reminder that I just talked about. You know better than me, having coached so many years, not saying you're old, just experience. Is you're not gonna be up every single every single week for every single game. It's a matter of, you know, can you can you give them that reminder in a game like this of the importance of bringing your A game every single week? I think it's good to get it out of the way. Well, I learned something uh back when I was uh studying the 49ers offense back in the way back to the late 70s. And uh when they got good, Bill Walsh had a statement that was really interesting to me. Now, this is a little more applicable to pro ball, but not college. This does apply in college to a degree. Is he said, if you play 14, they played 14 back then, 14 football games, you can't get up for 14 football games. Can't do it. Okay. Now, you can get up for a certain amount of those, like, you know, the rival games and some of the games, you know, some, but he says, he goes, you got to win more than half of them on talent alone. Because the guys are just naturally, it's it's human nature for guys to have a little bit of a mental or not a mental, an emotional letdown a little bit. Okay, so and they're playing Bowling Green, where everybody expects them to drill them, right? So that's one your talent's got to win the game. I mean, it kind of did at the end of the day. It kind of did win, you know. But uh, you just can't expect to keep stay at that feverish pitch emotionally every single game. Okay. Now, when you get to Ohio State or Michigan State or, you know, those games, they kind of motivate themselves, Sam. You know what I mean? They kind of motivate themselves. Everybody's talking smack. You being at the top of the list of that. So everybody, <laughs> everybody's kind of fired up naturally. But Bowling Green is not a game that they're going to have be at a, an emotional high. So you got to play. You got you to take pride in how you play and play be and win because basically you're not going to screw it up and you're better than the other team. Yeah, I want to give Lefty some credit, too. Uh, Scott Leffler, Sue Campbell, Steve Morrison. I mean, he's all Michigan guys. Oh, uh, your homeboys. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, were. man, they, they had those dudes ready to match the emotional intensity that we had seen from Michigan the first two weeks. Yeah, that's and that's another uh, – yeah, that's another issue now, Sam. They are fired up to play. Right. Okay. So you're, you know, they're, they're, they don't play. How many times is Bowling Green going to play in front of 100,000 people? How about none? Just one, one time. Okay. You got a staff that's all got Michigan roots, big time Michigan roots. Um, they're getting them, getting them fired up. So they're coming in, breathing fire, and you're out there. I, you're not going through the motions. I'm not going to say that. They weren't doing that. But you are not at an emotional high that you would be maybe in another game. Is that something? So you mentioned at the onset, and we'll get into your broad brush, and I imagine this is what you'll lead off with. Now, J.J., his first two weeks, you came out of both games saying, man, Sam, this is a different guy. Just his mm-hmm. footwork, his mechanics, his always in this passing profile as he, as he breaks the pocket. He's, he's, he's taking what the defense gives him. Every single time. These were things that were just, they felt, they were so routine over the first few weeks. It felt like they were hardwired. Mm-hmm. And then last week uh, against Bowling Green, and you started mm-hmm. to see some reversion uh, to, to last year. A just, a little, just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? It so wasn't, give us, yeah, you know. your broad brush from the game. Yeah, I don't, uh, I would, <laughs> there's a couple plays that I had a little deja vu on, but not, I don't know how much that played into what, uh, the interceptions and such. I don't know. You know, that I think the first one was unfortunate. There was a structural error there, too. That wasn't all on a quarterback, in my opinion, anyway. And uh, the second one was he just was obsessed with throwing the ball to uh, CJ when he tried to aerial flinch the guy out, and he didn't pick up the alert, which was rolling, rolling down the middle. He had run right by the safety. And then threw it kind of late in the middle and behind the guy, and he was covered. And you know that was that was just being a little greedy, I think, or just trying to feed a guy that probably hadn't caught a ball, or hadn't caught many yet. So he's trying, you know. So it was bad. Uh, just and then the last one was just purely bad, bad discretion, throwing the ball, falling out of bounds. Wait, 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 wait. But your former quarterback, 
Yeah, Evan no, Gardner. Here we go. He said, yeah, he said we had to make the play, right? I could hear him right yeah, now. Just, you don't tell me. I know what he said. I didn't even don't hear it. Bite out of the dog. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want to fight. No, what I want the dog to do is be smarter. Okay, that's what I want. I don't want to take any fight at him. He can fight his brains out, but I want him to be smarter. And, and Devin knows as well as you do that was not a good decision. So, uh, you know, a couple of bad ones that that hurt him, and and then they lost a possession on the on the kickoff return too, which. Was a little painful too. Hell, they only first team I think ran forty-one plays or forty. I think it was 40, 40 plays, something like that. I mean, forty plays. Come on, now. oh, they had three hundred and twelve yards. Was it? You're not going to get a lot more than that with only forty plays. So, uh, uh, in terms of broad best perspective, the interception, the turnovers were probably the the story of the game from a Michigan perspective. Okay, and they still won big. Okay, it's not like they didn't. They were over able to overcome that. Uh, a couple of blitz pickups were missed that hurt. Um, some minor footwork issues uh, reoccurred. But, again, I don't know that they were. It isn't something you could say, oh, good, look, he went right back to it. No, 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 no. He's still, he's still pretty solid. He's fine. They, but the whole thing, Sam, kind of led to lacking rhythm. You know, I talk about offense. You need a rhythm, man. Get some first downs. Get the ball moving. You know, everybody feeling good about themselves. Everybody's touching it. We're running, we're passing. They just they didn't give them the rhythm that they've had in the first couple of games, and that and, and with and again, you mentioned it. I thought BG played pretty well. I thought they had yeah. a pretty good plan. Now they did didn't do it like the first. You know, all those all those uh, those uh, those blitzes that people have been running to blow up gaps. They had a little bit of that, but it wasn't really. Theirs was more. Let's let's load the box and make them run into a loaded box. Uh, and had some movements, but not like some of the other teams. But I thought they played they played very well. They were they were motivated. They had a good plan, you know. So, um, I, you know, that really was a story of the game. If the ball isn't turned over as much, I think you got a very similar result because you could see Sam with a with a sixty five seventy two play game, they're going to rush for three hundred yards because the running game did make a bit of a comeback, particularly with their gap schemes, you know, with the counter and such. I thought. Uh, it really started looking good. There were some nice looking plays in there. So, um, the story of the game is the turnovers, in my opinion. That's that's what was the did. The, if there's a, if there's one thing to point out, four lost possessions on turnovers. A lost touchdown uh, on the first one, the first turnover. You know, they were inside the I think the five or six yard line right in there. So, that's really the story of the game. Yeah, to me, uh, well, the play that I'm thinking of when I say reversion, he's he has some riverboat gambler in him, right? Where mm-hmm. he's so physically talented. Right where he can make a play where other human beings, other quarterbacks, can't mm-hmm. make a play, and th- you know it felt like as much as he was maybe trying to throw it away the, on that last interception, it also felt like he was trying to make a play, and that that was for me when I think of something like last. It was it was mostly that play. And he's not, and to be clear, it, it you know it's not like he's this habitual turnover guy, right? But he can be a guy who. Early in the year, you saw him, he would run around and try to make a, a few more plays. He got, he made more plays within the confines of the offense. Yes, then, yes. As the season yeah, went on, exactly. right? He made more more plays within the confines of the offense, improv or otherwise, right? Improv right. or otherwise, right? Right. And so more. what I want what I want you to address, Al, is get to that psychology question that I mentioned at the at the onset. Because Jim said something in his press conference. He said, you don't want to overcoach this guy. So, you know, you had Kay McDowell, Jason Campbell. You've had first-round quarterbacks and talent. Like Denard, Devin. Walk me through how you coach a guy about the, the fine line between aggression and and being a little reckless, right? There, There is a fine line there for a guy that's talented. Because yeah. the sure. last thing you want to do is sap that reckless – I mean, sap that aggression. From no. it, that's because I think Jim was getting that yesterday. No, you that's your attack mentality. That doesn't change. If you throw an interception, you get him to the bench, you tell him why he threw the interception, you go back out and attack. Go back out back out. Don't start thinking I might throw another interception. Attack. Attack mentality. And then just use good judgment. And I, I use a lot of baseball analogies. Devin never liked that because he didn't play baseball. But I mean, Barry Bonds hit a million home runs and for more reasons other than steroids, he tried to hit the ball over the fence when the ball was in the zone where he could hit it over the fence, right? But if the ball wasn't in the zone, you know what he did? He took it. 
and he took more walks than anybody in the history of baseball. He's the quarterback's got to swing for the fences. In his eye, in his mind, I'm swinging for the fences, but I'm not swinging at a pitch in the dirt. You understand? I'm always going to use it. That's what great quarterbacks do. They 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 always have good judgment but aggressive mentality. You're, I want it. I want it. I want it. It's not there. Check it down. I want it. I want it. I want it. It's not there. Move my feet. Make sure I've got people in my vision before I throw the ball. I don't throw the ball falling back or desperately avoiding a sack or running out of bounds. A lot of quarterbacks will tell me, oh, coach, I was throwing the ball away. I said, listen to me. I heard that for years. Okay. I'm throwing the ball away. There are three criteria for throwing a pass away. Three. Okay. I finally made it finite. Okay. One is you are throwing the ball into the ground. You are throwing the ball clearly out of bounds or you're throwing the ball over the inline. If the ball doesn't land in any of those areas, you were not throwing the ball away. And if you did, you're lousy at throwing the ball away. We got to get you better at throwing the ball away. So attack, 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 check it down, attack, 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 throw it away, attack, 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 put it where only the good guy can get it with good judgment in a one-on-one situation, but don't stop your attack mentality. Yeah, and so I, yeah, this is a a kid that I know. Um, I am I am careful to not take for granted what I know about because I'm really not that concerned. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm not concerned about how this game is going to uh, affect him. What I'm focused on is okay. Let's just you know you, you don't take for granted that a guy who is so mentally tough and is so talented. And takes it so seriously, you don't take it for that. It's just going to be okay. You do need to still coach it to the point. Hey, coach where, him. Yeah, you got to yeah, coach him. Yeah, where yeah, it's like, him. okay, let's just make sure, not not overbearing. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that everything is okay. And then, and then keep it moving because I've never believed in a a a, a kid more than or a quarterback more than this kid. Mm-hmm. Like he he's that dude, and so he came over after the press conference. He's up there, Al. He's taking. He's taking responsibility as he should. He played poorly, mm-hmm. right? So you you should take it. And you you could feel that he was he. It was almost like he felt like he led his team. They won, and here he is feeling like he let his team down, right? You could sense that with him up on up there on the stage. But after yeah. it was over, and after he's off the mic and he's walking away, he came over. And he said, "Man, this is gonna make me a monster. Mm-hmm. This is gonna make me a monster." That's but that wasn't him saying I wasn't prepared. I wasn't preparing. No, me, that was him saying, this is just going to make my focus that much sharper. I won't have a a letdown like this again. Right. And that's, I think, what you're going to get. But here's the deal. As a coach, your job is to critique and fix mistakes. Okay? The definition of a bad coach, Sam, is a coach that watches something done wrong and says nothing. The definition of an average coach is a guy that watches something done wrong and tells the player that he did it, uh, what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. But the definition of a good coach is a guy that watches somebody do something wrong and makes him do it right without putting the fire out. Okay? We don't want to put the fire out. We want him, again, like I said, attack mentality, use good judgment. Use good judgment. And there's going to be times where the attack mentality has to be tapered a little bit so that we're not putting our defense in a bad situation or losing possessions or whatever. So where's that line? Yeah, show me the play and I'll tell you. Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a coach, I think you go through the film, Devin was talking about going through the film with you and he said, there's a way to do it, to show a, mm-hmm. a guy what he did wrong and then talk about the why and keep it moving. Don't, don't dwell. But then there mm-hmm. are those where it's like, okay, that's not your fault. I'm not saying you give him a complete pass for that first interception. But there are some there are some turnovers that that where the blame can be spread, and mm-hmm. it felt like that one as much as as much as blame can be spread for an interception. You can you could talk about the route. You could talk about the design, maybe depending on what the route actually was. You talk about the 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 call. The defensive call was great. You talk about the individual play was great. All of those things contributed to the first turnover to the point where I'm like, hey man, if I'm if I'm a coach and I've never been, I was like, JJ, hey man, that there's a lot, that's not on you. You know, we, there are a lot of things that we could have done to help clear that picture up and plus credit the defense. 
Yeah. And you got to take that responsibility too with him sometimes because it's not, sometimes it's not on him. You know, sometimes, sometimes he's hit because of poor protection. Sometimes, I mean, his interceptions have a million different reasons why they happen. Okay. But um, sometimes it's structural. Sometimes there's something that could have been done from a schematic perspective to help clear up the read, clear up the vision, clear up the decision. Okay. So, um, you know, see what happened address what happened, either fix it with the quarterback, fix it with the schemes, and keep the quarterback aggressive. And if you can do that, I think you got it licked. And I don't think that's an issue with this guy. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you got to know him. And what I try to convey, I try to convey that. Like, you know, the the last thing you got to worry about with with this player, this this dude, is that he's not going to take what, you know, that it was a, a game they won going away, but he's going to take it seriously to the point where I'm going to be better for it, but he's also not going to dwell on it either. Like, you keep it moving. I'm just, from a coaching perspective, you never want to, talking to you guys, you never want to take it for granted. It's just going to be okay. I don't have to do anything about it. No, you know, just just make sure and then grow from it moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. all this conversation about the quarterback, Al, has kind of made the, the running game, like you talked about, has kind of made it a footnote. And it shouldn't be because they took a step. And I really think we saw the emergence of Ladarius Henderson. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's hyperbole to say that it was his coming out party. And, the, you know, he sort of uh, the competition is now really on now that he got some time, some meaningful snaps during crunch time in the game. Yeah, I, I just like his athletic ability. I mean, we looked at him uh, in offseason uh, when he's at Arizona State. Uh, he got injured during the season, missed several games. But he looks very athletic, you know. Now, Sam, you mentioned he he did not participate in the spring, right? He did not. Then that, that, I'm sure, is a bit of a factor in the, in, on why he hasn't played as much in recent games. But you, you got a little sample size this week. Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more. But he looks athletic. He looks like he's he's aggressive. He doesn't seem to be. It, I didn't see anything that I would identify as an assignment error. Although you know, Sharon may see something that I don't. He knows it much better than I do. Um, but um, I think he's a factor, and I think uh, that little tackle rotation could get a little little dicier now, uh, knowing that he is as capable as he is. Yeah, he um, the aggression. His 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 aggression in the run game. Look, he he's physical. Like, you know, the physicality and athleticism jump out at me with him out there. And so now you're looking for, is he assignment sound? And you just said he's, he was, he was assignment sound as well. He looked assignment sound, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to start. So full disclosure, I don't know that. But I'm, I'm confident just watching the tape, you know, and, and having my eyes, what I see be confirmed by, by your expert eye, you like it when I call you, when I call you expert. By your expert eye, Al. <laughs> I, yeah, I could. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes, you're an expert, Al. All right. The expert is in the eyes of the beholders, Sam. <laughs> but you know, you ask people on the inside. It's like, hey, man, I'm not off base, saying, man, he played well. Like, no, you're not off base. He'll play. He'll play meaningful snaps in this game. I don't know if that means he starts, but there, there will be a rotation with him while the game is still in question. Now, beyond that, because, you know, it was interesting to me that when he went in, they flipped Carson to right tackle. Mm-hmm. So that seems like the, the rotation right now. Well, that, that's what I thought was going to yeah. happen from the get, to be honest with you. But things happen that you don't know about that dictated what they did. You know, they know what they're doing now. I mean, I thought that would happen from the beginning because they all they look natural at those positions. You know what I mean? And I think what's going to happen is the more he plays, the more they're going to want him to play. So, uh, you know, players get in games, their stock either goes up or it goes down. And it usually doesn't stay the same. So, uh, but from what we saw, you know, again, it's not a huge sample size, but it was enough. Uh, I see him being in, in the game more. Yeah, man. It's one of those deals where I'm, I'm, I was encouraged. I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot. We, we're talking so much about the quarterback. Right. Okay. We should. But man, Al, that running game, if you're looking for a sign that they're, you know, 
taken a step toward the, the what did he smash? They were smashed last year. They were ground and pound last year. If you're looking for progress in that direction, well, then guess what, man? Guess what? We saw some progress in that direction. Yeah, we did. Did we not? We did. We did. And it was it was it was mostly with their gap schemes, but it was everything. I mean, they ran a couple very nice zone plays. They ran an open side zone that we're going to show in the uh, telestrations. They ran a split zone that was really nice. They had a beautiful counter to open the game. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Got We got a bluff zone in there from uh, JJ carrying the ball. Yeah, I mean, there was some stuff that uh, brought back some memories of last year, you know. Uh, so hey, Wait, wait, uh, quick, quick, quick sidebar. Is this made up? The Jim Jim Harbaugh's on BT, and then just somebody just came in and said, "Now listen to me, Al. If Jim Harbaugh said that, on <laughs> you're never gonna hear the end of it, Al. Boy, just <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Jim Harbaugh called you an expert. <laughs> the head coach is practicing politics, Sam." Well, the business <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I say I don't don't yeah. hey don't don't give me a byline. Don't give me a byline, Al. I'm I'm coming for you, oh, man. No, you got you, you got enough now. information to be dangerous, Sam. That's your problem. You and and in these fast <sighs> couple years, man. Oh, don't mess with Sam Webb. Don't even come near the water cooler when Sam's there because you go you fixing to get slam dunked. Okay? <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, back on point, though. Look, the running game, the first series of the game, it looked like last year, Al. They went right down the I field, yeah, and every play yeah. was a gash play. It was. It was, yeah, it was. it was pretty impressive. I mean, I got they started with a counter, right? OH, that picked up, I think, 50 yards or something. I know. Then they ran a nice slot reverse with Donovan, and they ran a little bluff zone, which really looked nice with uh, – with uh, JJ, and then they ran a dual kick and just knocked their ass right in zone. I mean, it was like it looked like the JVs to start the game. So uh, that was exciting. They didn't call one pass play the first four four uh, four plays, and every one of them looked good. Yeah, man, it was it was shades of last year. And then another thing, just to kind of you know close the loop on last week's discussion, the first couple of weeks. You remember, I asked you a question. So I always ask you about the strategy, you know play calling strategy you know it's just one thing to play you know madden and and call plays like that right it's another yeah. thing there's a feel to it there's a flow to it you've taught me that like yeah. you know you, you look at your play sheet and you, you you there's a rhythm to the game you're reacting to the opponent sometimes it could be some things can be lost in that yes. and so i asked you about ronnie brown and cadillac williams mm-hmm. like cadillac was the guy ronnie brown came back and you went in the game, he hardly got any carries. And it felt like the first couple of weeks, while they, there was a great focus on making sure they had even touches, Blake and Donovan, 30 to 27 through the first couple of weeks, mm-hmm. Donovan just wasn't in a rhythm. And no. so I asked you, Al, how can you scheme rhythm? And so you gave a great dissertation on how you do that, how you did it with Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. Right. In our last week, it was very clear that the coaches were thinking along those lines too, because mm-hmm. did you see the the different the difference in the usage plan for Donovan mm-hmm. Edwards? Yeah, get him off early, get him in rhythm, and get him a series. You know that was kind of our deal was it was uh, you know script him into certain schematics during the course of the, of the first fifteen plays, make sure he's here, he's there, and then on the third series, just let him play halfback. You know, and and take Cadillac out, let him let him rest a little bit. So, and they were doing. They were doing a lot of that. I wish they'd have had more plays. I think I think you'd have seen even more of that, Sam, as the game went on. But they just didn't get enough plays run. But you can't let a great player get frustrated because, and if he doesn't touch the ball, they're going to get frustrated. So you got to find a way in your plan to see to it that didn't happen. Oh, and incidentally, Madden. If Madden was a measure of how, my son wipes up the floor with me and Madden. So he should be the offensive coordinator. I think if that's the the barometer. Oh, hey man, man has made experts out of a, a whole oh, generation. Now you didn't know that. Oh no, yeah, I your know. biggest critics were Madden people. Didn't you know that? No, oh, yeah, no. You know uh, the coaches. I know the coaches that helped develop uh, 
I know some coaches that helped develop some of the, the, you know, the way the plays are called Madden and all that. Some of those are NFL calls. They call them like NFL teams do. And I know some coaches that were involved in that. So it's, it's fun. I mean, I don't play much cause I'm lousy at it, but um, uh, my son is going to be the next offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. I think if it's, if it's Madden, that's it's the Madden, right? <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. So listen, folks, if you have questions for Al, put them in the comments and we will get them up during the Q&A portion of the show, which is coming up after we get Al's, you know, he calls it his bitter and his sweet, the bitter and the sweet from the game. And then he gives you the grades as he goes down through each position group and grades them uh, individually. So let's give me your bitter and sweet, Al. And then give me your grades, and then you people in the, in the chat, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, just drop your questions in the comment section, and I'll get as many of them up as I can uh, when we get in the Q&A session with Al. So, Al, bitter and sweet, and grades. Okay. Um, some of this we've already mentioned. Uh, obviously, the turnovers were, were without question, the, the most bitter part and the most costly part of the game. Um, the blitz pickup. There was some some errors in some in some uh, blitz pickup. I think that were costly, and I'm not sure who's you know without knowing who called what. That you can't be certain who those mistakes were by. But there were some times that there was a, a couple of blitz pickup miss uh, and a, a periodic. And again, I don't want to overdo this because I don't think it was that bad. But there was a couple of foot, footwork flaws uh, by JJ that. Uh, you know, nothing like it's been, but but still there. And then the lack of rhythm, the inability to get into the rhythm of your offense. And again, it goes the residual from, of the, I think, the turnovers. Uh, but those were the biggest things that I saw, okay? The the suite was, I, I like pretty much the way the old line played. I thought they played pretty good for the most part. I mean, I think I had them with uh, 17, 18 minuses among five of them. Well, there more than five of them because the Darius played a little bit, which – not a bad game, uh, even though there were only forty something odd plays run. Uh, the tight ends weren't as good. I, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, we haven't got to the grades yet. I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but uh, for the most part, uh, they continue to hit shots. Okay, which uh, I was kind of fired up about. Uh, ran the ball better using the counter, the duo, and the splits on the zone place. That was that was kind of cool. And Quorum got a hundred yards. You know, fine. We finally got. Him 100 yards, I think, he, again, he'd, he'd had a lot more had it not gone the way it did. Uh, we mentioned Ladarius Henderson, who I thought was also a, a, a sweet part. Uh, got some playing time, got a chance to show what he can do, and is probably going to be a contributor somewhere uh, down the line. So uh, most of the bitter and the sweet, Sam, are pretty evident. You don't have to dig into it too much. It was what it was. All the fans could see it, and it's all fixable, and – the things that happened that some people saw as catastrophic, the final score was not even close. And that's probably a tribute to how good Michigan is. Okay. They're, they're a good football team and they can, they can make a few mistakes and not fall apart because they have a solid defense that doesn't give up many points or many yards. And, and that's really nice to know at the end of the day that there is some margin for error, you know? So. Grades Al, give me your grades. Grades. Okay. I gave the line a, a B. A good solid B. I thought they were uh, they were pretty good for the most part. Again, there were some there were some errors in there. They weren't perfect, but they weren't bad. The, the tight ends weren't as the tight ends are playing play good the first couple weeks. But I didn't think this was their best game. I gave them a C plus. I thought that could have been better. 
The running backs I gave a B. They ran hard. They won open field opportunities. I'd have given them an A, but I thought there were a couple of missed pickups, and I think it was a running back issue, but I can't swear to that. Wide receivers were good. They blocked better than they've been blocking. They uh, they uh, caught the ball well, created some big plays. I thought they were good, and I had I gave uh, uh, JJ a CC minus. You know, and again, uh, he kept firing away, and I think he still he still helped them win the football game, even with the turnovers. So uh, you don't give them D's and F's when they're a critical part of your of your your, your chemistry. Uh, so I still wasn't his best game, and I, I think he'd probably grade himself worse than that. But um, everything he has can be fixed, easily fixed. Okay. Uh, it's just hammering your point home, making sure that uh, he understands when to swing for the fences and when to when to take a pitch. So I think that's uh, the best assessment I could give of that. Yeah, but how did you coach Devin on that? He seems like What's he that? was a hard. See, Devin, it seems like he was hard to coach him on. Don't swing no, for the fences was, every he, time, Devin. Oh no, he's a lot. He's a lot more verbose now after the fact. <laughs> Than he was at the time. Devin liked playing, and he knew that he would. There was a lot of stuff that was non-negotiable, whether he agreed or not with it. But he was good. Devin wasn't. You know, he's 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 a Monday. He's the Monday morning maniac now, Sam, because that's his deal, right? Okay. But uh, for the most part, he's smart, very tough, had to deal with a lot of adversity, and incredibly talented. And and he could make some of those plays you're talking about. And so uh, you can understand why his thinking is the way it is. So I'll start off the, the questions here. And if you have questions for Al, put them in the comment section. So let's let's just talk about what a throw how did you coach a quarterback on what a throwaway is? Because JJ said he was throwing the ball away. Devin seemed to think, oh, he was trying to make a play. Seems like it's a little bit of a gray area. So Coach Borges, there's no quarterbacks. What constituted throwing away the ball? Okay, well, I had to mention this. I'm going to say it again. And the, the evolution of this is that I was having, I would get into uh, sessions and we'd go over the tape and, you know, and, and I would tell them the ball get intercepted or almost get intercepted or whatever. And so often the quarterback would come back, well, coach, I was just trying to throw that ball away. And my first year or so, I, you know, I kind of said, oh, okay, just trying to throw the ball. And then the same thing kept happening. And I, after a while, I start watching bullshit. <laughs> See, now I gotta find a bleep. I gotta find play this on the radio. Now I gotta find this this section in there, Al, <laughs> so we can put a bleep in there. Thanks, Al. But go ahead. <laughs> I don't know any other. I could have been said it more diplomatically, but that wasn't what I wanted. That would not have expressed how I felt about. It. But anyway, um. So what I did is I went back over all the interceptions and I looked at all the balls that were thrown away. You know, I don't, I don't want to pull anything out. I want to make sure, well, before I express a coaching point that they know what I mean. So we set the criteria this way, a throwaway. What is the definition of a throwaway? So when I'm in a film session, if it doesn't come under one of these, you weren't throwing the ball away. You're trying to hit a receiver, okay? You're making what I call a panic throw, okay? All right, number one is you can throw the ball away into the ground. That's fine. If it's near a receiver, you won't get penalized. You're good, okay? Number two, you can throw the ball out of bounds to players on the flank. And even if you're – back then they didn't have a rule, but now they do. If you're out of the pocket, you can throw the ball away out of bounds as long as it's past the line of scrimmage, right? So I says if the ball can be, thro- the ball can be thrown away if it's clearly out of bounds, okay? And number three, if we're inside the 20-yard line, you can use the end line to throw the ball away. If it's seldom, if ever, will you ever get an intentional grounding throwing the ball away over the end line. So that was the three basic criteria for a throwaway. So if the ball landed on the field or even near on the field, you were not trying to throw the ball. You're trying to complete the pass. You're trying to make a miracle, okay? So that just, all that did is it gave the quarterback a clear-cut understanding of what a throwaway was and what the expectations of that was. So I could grade them in a definitive fashion. So for you, that was not a throwaway then. No, that didn't make the thing. You got your seventh <laughs> ball in bounds. Okay, That's, no, that doesn't that doesn't make the throwaway list. Okay, and who knows? Maybe he was and didn't understand what the criteria. I mean, not all coaches do it the same way. I mean, this was something I came up with. So, well, this thing, it was not ambiguous for for JJ. It seemed he said, "I can't do that." No, he, he knew he knew he made a mistake. I mean, that's that's obviously the result told him that. Yeah. So yeah. 
All right, let's get to the questions from the people. If you have questions for Al Borges, put them in the comment section. I'll get as many of them up as I can. This one from Nala says, question for Al. From a coach perspective, what would you tell your quarterback, J.J., to come back to normal? How to bring back the old J.J.? Well, he's not that far gone. It's like only this, this, if this is a new J.J., he's only been here for one week. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't died and going to hell here. He's doing all right still. I mean, he got a couple of interceptions. We can't we don't want to panic on that. But I think I, we talked about it earlier is just to tell him stay aggressive, but be smart. And it's that's really at the end of the day. Be smart about using good judgment, particularly out of the pocket, because that's you know a lot of times when you're out of the pocket the, 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 and you're trying to buy time to make a throw, you almost feel compelled to have to release the ball for a big play, particularly if you need a first down. So you just got to use, use good judgment. I don't want to put the fire out. That's the biggest thing is make sure they stay aggressive. So I'm not happy about the interception, but I'm not going to make it. So he's so scared to meet with me on Sunday that, that he's going to be afraid to be aggressive. That's probably the best way to say that. All right, let's get to the next one. Okay. So I'm, before I put this up, I'm going to take Mark, Mark, calm down. Mark, Mark French, calm down, man. Three and zero. They won thirty-one to six. The quarterback is 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 had a, an off. The team had an off game. Still won thirty-one to six. It's gonna be all right. But he said the offensive line rotation, lack thereof, non-existence of Donovan and Colston, a month in are concerns. A third of the season is over this weekend. Rod Moore and Will not being around. Problems exist. Uh, at least the offensive portion of that, Al, can can you address? Are you concerned about the offensive line rotation? Do you feel like Donovan or and Colston are uh, are concerns uh, at this point? Uh, I'm not uh, worried about either one of them. I, Donovan is again when you get more snaps, I think, and you see this. You saw in this last game, Donovan's going to be more involved. Just you can't, and it's not going to. With only 41 snaps, he's going to be only going to be involved so much. Okay, particularly when you're still trying to feed Corum. Colston has still been a factor. He's made a couple of plays, a couple of very nice plays. And again, I think the more snaps you get, the more he's going to be a factor. So I don't worry too much about that. When you talk about the offensive line rotation, that would be the one I think that would get my my attention the most in that I don't like rotating offensive line. But because they have so many nice alternatives, after three games, you'd like to kind of settle into the five you want to play and let them acquire some chemistry so they can play in concert. That would be the one thing and uh, uh, that I think is, is, is legitimate. But I think all those other things will work themselves out as there's more snaps. Okay. Yeah, look, it, they, I think, see, to, to his point, so Mark is – is looking at Donovan toward the end of last year and looking at the beginning of this year. And it's different. It is. So I want to acknowledge that. It's not like, you know, what you're saying is completely out of bounds about, hey, they need to – there's some things to work on. But it's not – I mean, it's not panic time. And, and, yeah. and they started to address it. Like, you can see a tangible approach to mm-hmm. getting him on track. And I think, it's, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, like you said, Al, if you play – a normal number of snaps they rush for over 300 yards and and who know who knows what donovan's portion of that is gonna be right because he's gonna get more touches they played 43 snaps last week though yeah you just and they have sam in three games they played 62 62 and 43 and And that was that's all that's all the reps without the without the twos in there exactly so uh that's just not a lot of plays and and uh it's going to reflect how much these rule changes are going to matter. I mentioned that in the first show, they're going to matter in terms of touches. So you got to be real judicious about you go about when you put together a game plan and make sure people you want to touch the ball, get to touch the ball. So here is a great one, Al. You'll love this question because it taps into your, your expertise, right? And we kind of touched on a little bit already. Tyler W wants to know, Al, how do you call plays when your QB isn't seeing things like you expected? Now let me set this up a little further. And I think this question is not just based on what we saw from J.J. over the weekend. It's Devin yesterday said, man, I never told Al Borges this. He still calls you coach. He never told Coach Borges this, but I hamstrung him as a, as a play caller at, at UConn. He said, man, I, 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 uh, 
I made his job really, really hard because I just wasn't seeing it. He was call, I, he was calling plays that he knew I knew like the back of my hand, and I wasn't hitting them. I hamstrung him as a play caller. So given that as a, some context here to that question, how, to go back to Tyler's question, do you call plays when your quarterback isn't seeing things like you expected? Yeah, and sometimes it's not seeing them. It's just sometimes they're dealing with some accuracy issues. That can happen, and it's happened to almost every quarterback that's ever played the position. I remember listening to Steve Young talk one years back. He was, I think they were playing Seattle, and he couldn't hit uh, a cow in the ass with a base fiddle. I mean, it was bad. Okay, he was, he just was missing throws. And he went to the sideline and he told the court, he goes. He goes, what? Did you just he goes, will well, you stop? Okay. He says, call stick routes. Just call stick routes. Call stick routes. I can hit stick routes. So that's how Steve got back in rhythm. He just, they just changed the formation, kept calling stick routes, and he got back in rhythm. Now, in Devin's situation, see, the thing he had with Devin, Devin could run. So, and when I remember talking to him on the phone that night, and he says, Coach, I'm just I'm not doing it. He goes, he goes, he goes, run me. Have me run. And I said, all right. Let's do that. We're gonna to to throw some passes in here somewhere now. He goes. He goes. All right. He goes. You just let's emphasize run. And to his credit, we busted the game open. Okay, when he called, he audible against a blitz to a speed option and pitched the ball to Fitz Toussaint, who ran for a touchdown. So what he did is the game was a lot closer than it should have been, but we won the game because. We and he featured the other things he was capable of doing in the game. Okay, would we have liked to clobber UConn? Heck yeah, we would have. But we got out of there with a win because we didn't try and force the issue too much. Okay, all right. So, but he did hamstring you. I'm I'm surprised you didn't take that opportunity. <laughs> you didn't take an opportunity against no, Devin Carter. Yeah, he told you what happened in the game. I don't. He, he was just not feeling it. But it's not. Hey, let's just two weeks later, he threw for 500, 500 and something odd yards. Yeah. Again. So this is not something that can happen. But it happens to quarterbacks. They're just not in rhythm. They're not feeling it. You know what I mean? He had missed a pass that he never misses. He threw. We had a pass we called H2X post where, the, where if you wanted a completion, put get the ball on the right hash mark, come off a of play action and throw this the bang eight off a of play action. He hit that thing with it. He didn't have to look at it. He could throw it. And he missed it. And I go, oh, my God, he's, he's not doing too good tonight. we got to find something here, you know. And so, uh, so you know, like I say, it happens. You try and get him the passes that you know they can hit. But sometimes that doesn't work either. So you got to feature another part of their skill set. All right. Let's jump back into the questions. So uh, this was something that I think has been making arounds. I think uh, I think it was Michael Barrett's dad who who watches the stream, by the way. You might see Mike, Mike Barrett Sr. show up here time to time, but he, he mentioned that uh, Donovan, really both backs, they they kind of played, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of treated them with the, with, the, with the red jersey during during camp. I mean, they, they were really banging them around like we've seen in past years. He held them out uh, for a portion of camp. And so it says with Donovan being out or basically being – you know, limited during camp by design, wouldn't it take him longer to get back into the flow? Might that be part of what we're seeing here, Al? It can. Yeah, it can. Because we did the same thing with uh, Cadillac and Ronnie. We didn't want to get them hurt. I mean, they were going on their senior year, and they were both going to get drafted. And we wanted to make sure that we were very, very judicious about we went, how we went about them taking live reps. You know what I mean? We had them do a bunch of stuff that wasn't live so they could continue to go through the mechanic of the running game and the passing game. But we don't want them to hit much. Now, usually the downside to that with a running back is sometimes they'll fumble because they haven't – they haven't not that they're fumblers, but because they haven't been hit in a while, just that jolt is, uh, you know, you're relearning how to carry the ball. But that hasn't really shown up. But in answer to that question is that can be. That can happen. Uh, at this point, I don't think that's a factor anymore because they've played a couple games, and I think everybody's, you know, had the game reps enough to where they should be, you know, they should be good to go. All right. 
uh, we got a couple of questions here about uh, two-minute offense and going tempo, and it's kind of it's a strategy question. Should Michigan increase tempo more often when opponents have their sub packages in against Michigan's two-back set? Seems like a missed opportunity to keep the defense at a disadvantage. What say you, Al Borges? Well, the, although that those are that's a valid point uh, if it fits into your culture, and you know Michigan can go fast. They they do it all the time when they're when they particularly when they want to run their wedge play. Like if they had a big they had an explosive play, get inside the five yard line or right away they won't huddle. They'll just line up and because they, they can pretty much run their wedge play in almost any grouping that they have, and uh, so they do have that ability. But just Bear in mind that this the, the culture of this football team is not fast offense. It is not fast offense. They are a ball control, run play action team. And yeah, they drop back too, but they they that's really the 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 meat and potatoes of their offense. Uh as a change up occasionally, it's nice to have that in, that you know, the ability to do that. But for the most part, they don't take that approach. And unless they're gonna make you know a drastic departure from what they have done forever. Uh, I don't think you're going to see much of that, uh, but it is the question's a good question because it does force people to keep personnel on the field that uh, may not be able to handle the guys you got. So, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath until you saw a lot of that. So here's one. Uh, Mark, Mark is still panicking a little bit. I'm going to try to. Something. We gotta calm. We gotta calm Mark down here. We gotta a calm bit. Mark, Mark down. Somebody, gotta, somebody get Mark some water on Mark. <laughs> give Mark a drink. Mark French. He says he, his. He says, and I'll rephrase this question. But he says Miles Hinton doesn't seem to have the footwork and pad level to be consistent. Uh, yet in hitting a ceiling, Barnhart seems better on the right side. Henderson wasn't around for spring to get chemistry. So here's here's how I want to wrap that question in a nutshell. Give for me based on your film study and even study of Henderson before he got here, what are the strengths you see of each of Michigan's guys? So Carson, mm-hmm. let's, and let's start with the guys who have been starting this year. Mm-hmm. Give me Carson's strengths. Give me Miles Hinton's strengths. Give me Ladarius Henderson's strengths. And then I also want to know what you think of Trent a. Jones, because obviously on the outside looking in for that, that, that trio that seems to be battling right now mostly for the starting spot, it'd be wrong to write them off at this point. So give me the strengths of each guy as you see them. Well, yeah, start with Trente, okay? Trente, I think, would be starting on a lot of other teams. Uh, he is, I think, very strong. He can be a very physical player, okay? Has good feet, uh, can hold the point, does not get pushed back. Uh, if there's a fault, and again, I'm going more by last year because I saw more more snaps last year. He will occasionally have an error, a mistake uh, where, uh, and it didn't, they weren't. It wasn't a blatant. It wouldn't happen habitually, but it was there. So, and in the coach's mind, they don't like that now. Assignment errors. Ooh, they don't, they get, some guys don't just have too many of those, and it'll get you on the bench. But I really like Trent A. Jones, um, Hinton. Is a good pass protector. Okay, uh, playing at Stanford, he probably learned that from day one. Uh, not as solid in the run game as uh, I think probably Barnhart is. Uh, uh, does not make a lot of appear to not make very many assignment errors, but in terms of having to recover off twists and things in a run game, he's not as quick to do it. Okay, uh, but he is powerful and he is athletic and. Uh, I think is a good, solid player. Uh, Barnhart, again, I said this from the beginning, I think he's more suited to the right side, but may fit on the left side for him right now, you know? So they're doing what they feel they have to do. Uh, Barnhart, I don't see as as athletic as uh, Ladarius, for example, but virtually no assignment errors, completely solid, okay? Which for the coach, that bodes well you know you don't have to worry about him turning some guy loose because they stem their front and and slanted or something and he didn't step with the right foot or target the right guy and now all of a sudden your back or your quarterback gets blown up in the backfield he's that's not going to happen with him so I think he's very solid that way he's more athletic than you think he is okay and uh, he's a very capable player that just he doesn't have a lot of bad grades because he doesn't do a lot of bad things uh, Ladarius to me probably has the most upside. Okay. He's, uh, he's big, he's long, his feet move quickly. 
He doesn't get pushed around. He, uh, he is able to recover off blocks quickly. You know, if for some reason he does step too much, he's able to recover quickly to put himself back in position to make the block, whether it's run or pass. I don't, I don't see a lot of deficiencies in him from a, uh, physical perspective. I think he can do a lot of things. His downside, obviously, is he has not worked with the other guys as much, not being through spring football. Hence, there could be some chemistry issues there, and I can certainly understand that too. But that's that's how I evaluated him. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not the personnel guru of the world, but I have looked at him, particularly a guy like Barnhart, who I've looked at for two years now. So um, uh, I think that's pretty much how I feel about it. All right, so I, I missed these questions. R2 said, What's a bass fiddle, Al? <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Diggs said, couldn't Whoa. hit a what? <laughs> <laughs> bass fiddle's a big old fiddle. It's a big, like a bass, you know, the guy, ah, never mind. You know how the dude plays it? In the, usually in a country band, the guy's playing. That's a big old deal. And if you can't hit a cow in the ass with that, man, you can't hit nothing, all right? <laughs> all right. Um Here's another really, really good question. And I wonder how you would react if you were coaching right now. John uh, Mackle says, Al, do you think the new clock rules should impact play calling? <sighs> Boy. Well, it does, particularly in, in you know, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it does, period. I, yeah. Does it affect how I would call the game? Uh, everything in the game is situational. Okay, so – you know, is it going to make a difference in how I call third down? No, I'm going to call a play that's going to hopefully get seven yards or seven yards that you need. If you're inside the five-yard line and you want to put a short yardage group in, I'm not going to worry about the clock unless there's very, very little time left to do it. So not a ton, but as the clock plays into that situational football, yes, it does make a difference because you are running less plays. It, it Really, what it does, Sam, probably affects more your game planning knowing that guys like Donovan got to touch the ball a lot, right? Uh, and that there's going to be less plays. So we got to make sure early in the game we find him touches before we run out of time, right? So it can. Yeah, it can. But I think the planning is the number one thing and then just dealing with the, the, the scenarios and seeing how the clock affects those. All right. Uh, here's another one. I don't know if you've been in this situation. Al, do you think Sharon being head coach and – Offensive coordinator impacted the offensive rhythm. I think he, I'm one. I should ask this question, but I think um, you know. I think he leaned on on uh, on Kirk a little bit uh, during the, during the game during the week and during the game as well. I have to verify that. But Al, would that affect him? I mean, we see head coaches that are play callers, though. Oh sure, yeah, but they do it all the time. You know, it's yeah, something sure. you do all day. It's their again. I talk about their culture. If that's if that's their modus operandi, that's what they do. You know, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, if, if he was the the head coach all the time trying to do that, I think it might. But doing it just in the one game, I'm I'm betting he just wore both hats when he had to when he had to call the game. He was wearing that hat, and they they asked him if they wanted to go for it on fourth down, then he was wore that hat. But uh, I don't think, uh, based on the fact that it's a temporary thing that it probably had much impact. All right. This is the last one. Apologies for not being able to get to all the questions. Uh, you know, we'll make sure that we get, try to squeeze in a few more next week. But Jay McCaha Fitz says, Al, is it easier to hone a quarterback back in after a three pick game or versus if they're going on a tear and playing unbelievable? No, it's not easier to rein them in after a three pick game. I'd much rather coach a confident player you know, and three picks did not bode for good confidence. But uh, that's why we've, you know, and we've, we've already talked about this at nauseum. You got to make sure that he doesn't lose that confidence, but I'd much rather coach a guy uh, that uh, believes he can do no wrong, you know, and then uh, iron out the wrinkles as you go than a guy that's not sure, you know, I don't, just don't think he's at that point. I think, you know, now if this happened, you know, uh, this, this was more, if it was a trend, then I would be more concerned. But um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's an issue. And I think this next game will, you know, will get you, will uh, tell that tale, you know. Al, I think they're going to make t shirts. Uh, cow in the ass with the face fiddle. 
Think they're gonna make t-shirts about that one, man. Yeah, All right, uh, I'll squeeze one more in because this is just such a good one from Light Line on the way out. It says Al, what offensive unit needs to improve the most in your estimation and in what area? Uh, I would say the offensive line has to gel um, as five players together, okay? And once they do, the team will take off because those they got so much talent at all the other positions, they'll just go. But I don't. I think they just have to gel. I, 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 had, I hate to even say improve. By jelly, they will improve. I guess that's a residual of jelly. But I think that they have to gel by playing together. Okay, because it's such a such a chemistry position. I mean, it's a, the guy next to you knowing what the guy next to him's doing, and the guy next to him's doing, and uh, making the calls, uh, blocking the fronts. You know, there's just so many things that go into that. That you know, uh, a lot of margin for error with five guys. You know, so that's the one team. I that's the one position uh, that I'm sure Sharon will get them going. And if you've already, we've already seen signs of it already, so I don't. I'm not really concerned about it. So I'll preview the film study, the upcoming film study uh, that we are about to uh, do and, and release uh, come up here uh, in a couple of days. But the focus, uh, some of the plays that that we are going to break down, kind of highlight them for the people. Well, we're going to see uh, the interceptions. We have to address the interceptions. I mean, we got to look and see what our take on it is. And remember now, uh, there's stuff going on out there sometimes <laughs> That I don't know, you know, and and the fans don't know, you know, certain deals. You gotta, you gotta, you know. We just project what we think has happened based on our experience. That's what we do. Doesn't mean it absolutely has is what happened because there may be a coach to watch this and say, no, that didn't happen. Blah 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 blah. Because that's what I do. Okay, so uh, just understand that. And then let's look at. We always look at some of the compelling plays. You know, the bluff zone, the, the first play of the game. I told the fans last week that. You know, when they go to the water cooler, they're going to know everything there is to know about a counter because we're going to detail the counter play like it's right out of the playbook, Sam. How much time do we spend on that damn counter play, huh? Oh, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about that. I mean, the, the guy, that dude, I can't see that little worm walk up to you and say, they can run the counter. Say, you know why? Because they didn't get the deuce block. And the guy looks at you, what's a deuce block? Well, if you'd watch the show, you'd know what a deuce block is, okay? So... You know, we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about, you know, again, some of the compelling plays. But I think it'll I think it'll be good. I think it'll be uh, – it's not all Shangri-La this week. You know, there's a few deals. But Hey, hey look, well, that's, that's what we do. We don't just – it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We no, talk about the good and the bad. No, no, Sam, no. We got we got sometimes it's just it's just not all you want it to be, and you can't deny it. Deny it's not a river in Africa, man. We got we to gotta make sure everybody understands – why? We do why? Denial. This is where all the BS goes denial to dial, dude. Not a ri- denial is denial. not a denial is not a river yeah. in Africa, Sam. <laughs> didn't I say that? I maybe didn't no, say that's that. That's not what you said. Well, whatever. Okay, you got the idea. But um, this is where all the BS goes to die. We know that. So we're going to allow you know let people not only hear it from us but also see it in the telestration. So, all right. So to preview a couple of things, we got the film study with with Al. Uh, we put up all the film studies on Wednesday. So film study with Devin, Vance, and Al all go up on Wednesday. So, uh, But later today, we have the uh, breakdown with Vance. That, that's live at 530. So uh, bookmark that or set your reminder, whatever you have to do. Uh, and then on Wednesdays at 3 o'clock, that is going to be the, the new and official time for Steady Dropping Dimes. That is the, the all-sports show. With Devin Gardner and Daniel Horton, we talked a lot of NFL. Uh, last week, we talked a lot of Michigan State. Uh, we talk NBA. We go across the gamut. So it's an all-sports show where we get a chance to kind of flex a little bit on some other top- some topics other than Michigan. So looking forward to uh, the third episode and the first in the official time slot. That's Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. So if you're interested in that, be sure to set your reminder. Until next time, folks. Um, oh, Sam, don't forget to blot out my BS deal, okay? Because I don't want people to think I have cavalier language. You do have cavalier language. Oh, Sam, stop it. <laughs> you do. I mean, if people only knew, I good grief. I mean, my, my ears. 
from spending hours and hours. No, no. Wait a minute, Sam. I, there's a couple times. <laughs> Next time I go, I'm gonna bring a, a bar of soap so I can wash your mouth out because you you, you don't talk soap. like Sister Mary. Okay, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's why it's off here. All right, folks. That's gonna do it for this edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the offense with Al Borges. We'll see you next time. Go Blue. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.